it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. You're listening to Bigfoot Eyewitness Radio. For centuries, eyewitnesses have reported seeing giant creatures in the woods of North America and beyond. These forest giants have been known by many names, including Sasquatch, Oma, Yowie, Yeti, and their most commonly used name, Bigfoot. Join us as eyewitnesses share the details of their encounters with these forest giants on the show. And now your host, Vic Kundi. Hi everyone, thanks for listening. Before we get started with tonight's show, if you've had a Bigfoot encounter of your own and would like to be a guest on the show, please go to BigfootEyewitness.com and submit a report. I'd love to hear from you. For tonight's show, we're going to welcome back Paul. As many of you will remember, Paul was our guest for last week's show. Paul, welcome back. Thank you, sir. I uh, appreciate it very much. I'm excited to be here. Oh, we appreciate your time. Paul, on last week's show, you said your dad is really into Sasquatch. How did he respond to you when you told him about your first encounter? He had kind of a different response than what I would have predicted. If somebody would have asked me before my sighting, uh, I would have given them a different answer to how he reacted. He was more in shock than anything else, I guess. That's a good way to put it. It kind of hit him hard, to be honest with you. You know, he was excited, but uh, it wasn't necessarily the response I thought I was going to get. Over time, that turned into almost a really obsession over Sasquatch and and Bigfoot. Uh, He's an older gentleman, and so he's not really uh, into the Internet other than uh, very minor type of research that he can do. But for the most part, he started watching a lot of uh, TV shows about Sasquatch and Bigfoot, and uh, he started reading novels and taking it to the next level, I guess you could say. He has always been into Sasquatch, 
and everything from Sasquatch to Dogman, aliens, shapeshifters, everything you could think of. He's always really been into that. But it was never on the level of what it is now. My sighting kind of sparked a fire under his butt, you could say. And um, for him, actually, it also instilled a little bit of fear into him because he used to spend not a lot of time in the woods, but he did always hunt with me at least once or twice a year and things like that. And now he's uneasy with going into the woods. It, I guess it's kind of, for him, a, a subconscious thing. You know, he 100% knows that they're there now, and he always has this uneasy feeling that um, something is watching him when he's in the woods. And it'll give him a lot of anxiety. So he's very comfortable with looking through a set of binoculars into the mountains from a distance than he is up there in the woods with me. This whole thing has been a little bit of a journey for the both of us. And like I said, it it was always something that he was into. But for him, it wasn't necessarily, uh, how do I phrase this? He looked at things a little bit differently than uh, I think that the normal enthusiast or Bigfoot researcher, if you want to use that term, looks at it. Him and I both have always thought of Sasquatch or Bigfoot to be more of a Neanderthal type of creature than a member of the ape family. And with my sighting that I saw, all that did is reassure me on that opinion. I honestly believe that these animals have a lot more intelligence than what we give them. And from the characteristics of the one that I saw and the things that happen around the house, I'm willing to put up an argument that they're more in line with a kind of branch off of the human evolution, if that's the correct way to phrase it. But the the only issue that I've had with stating that opinion is there's a lot, a lot of people who disagree with that, and I'm not going to bring religion into this conversation, and you can see how this all affects this. But, um, yeah, the both of us, we're on the same lines that um, they're a stem of the human evolution chart, But the one thing that my father and I both differ on, and it is a little bit of an argument topic for us, is he believes that Sasquatch and Dogman are the same creature. He does not believe that they're two different identities. Unlike myself, I'm the other way around. I honestly believe that Sasquatches are more passive, and uh, at least... The ones in my area, I I think they're more curious than anything else. And sometimes when they, like any other wild animal, when they're put into a uh, situation, whether they're caught in between, whether they look at us as a threat and we're in between them and their children, or we're deep into their territory or close to their den or whatever you may call, like any other animal, you'll see aggression out of them. But I think they're more passive and... Like I said, I, I've never seen a dog man, but I've heard plenty of stories, and I, I think they're two different types of species. Oh, they definitely are. 
There are a lot of people out there who buy into the canard that Sasquatch and Dogmen are the same thing, but if you look at the anatomical features, it's clear to see that they're definitely not. And I can understand your dad changing the way he looked at the woods. Before you had that experience and shared it with him, he was a believer. After you came home and told him about that experience, he was a knower, so it only makes sense that he would look at the woods in a different way. Yes, he did. And to be honest with you, I myself have looked at the woods in a different way. Like I talked about in our first interview, you know, the woods is a very, very sacred place for me. And to give you an example of this, I was talking with a dear friend of mine. And um, unless you're a truck driver and you do the things that we do, it's very difficult to understand some of the the mental aspects behind of our job. And like I was talking to my dear friend, for me, the reason I'm out here every day and I do what I do and I stay out for months at a time is so one day I can say, you know, enough is enough. I'm going to take a week off and spend a week in the woods and not have to worry about working or things like that. But I still feel that way. But in, in a lot of ways, I have, I don't necessarily believe it would be more respect but I have almost a fear that I never had had before. You know, I always knew that I was not at the top of the food chain, whether it be mountain lions or bears or whatnot. And I always knew that things could go south very quickly if I got hurt or broke my leg or whatever the case may be. And But for me now, I always have this feeling like something is watching me. And I now know that as time goes on, in my area, they know I'm there, and I don't know the behavioral instincts behind these animals, and so I don't know if I would be intruding on them, or they might get curious and want to have more of an interaction with me, which, for me, I'm fine with what we have now. I don't need to see one again. I have no desire to be up close with one, and so I still do a lot of hiking, but I don't go as deep into the woods. The anxiety is removed when I have other people with me, but my days of three, four, five days by myself, miles back in the woods, I think for now those are gone. A lot of that is attributed to my sighting, and on the same sense, like I stated in our last interview, my career has flown through the roof between Having employees now and having a shop and the trucks, you know, I'm being pulled at a hundred different directions all the time and I just don't have the time that I used to anymore. So, yeah, the, the woods has kind of fallen on the back burner as of now. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. 
Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. For me, everything is based off of respect. My dad was a military man and I grew up in a military household, and so every aspect of my life is based on that single word, is respect. And so for me, knowing that they're there and knowing that they're watching, I don't want to intrude on their boundaries. I don't want them to be driven out or, you know, anything like that. I don't want them to feel the pressure of us humans. Like we were talking before this interview, I was able to get some time and read through the comments on the video last night, and I saw some people talking about they were guessing were more of an idea of where I was at, and a couple of folks had asked me uh, to get in touch with you and so I could get their numbers and talk about it and things like that. And I don't have a problem with talking with folks. That doesn't bother me any. But like I said, it's about respect. I don't want to be going in there and Bigfoot researching, and I don't want to be trying to find them because I've seen them, and I don't want to push my boundaries because at the end of the day, they're a wild animal, and I've seen the power that they potentially have. And when I say that one could, I'm six, almost six foot three, and I weigh 275 pounds. One of these animals could pick me up, and chuck me <laughs> to the bottom of the mountain if they wanted to. And I'm not going to go out of my way to get in that situation where I have to put an animal down or I have to defend myself. And so, like I said, I'm not going out of my way to be put in that situation. Yeah, it is best to steer clear of a situation like that, no doubt. Several people have shared their own Sasquatch experiences with you. What did they tell you about their experiences? Well, being in this industry, you hear a lot of stories, and not necessarily just Sasquatch stories. You have a lot of guys who spend a lot of time by themselves, and in my opinion, that can equate for some interesting people. That's a good way to phrase it. I have heard everything from dogmen in Mississippi to Sasquatch and 
the Northwest and Idaho and shapeshifters and all sorts of things. But we could sit here and talk all day about stories I've heard, but I'll share some, in my opinion, that are more believable. Actually, everything that really pointed me towards you, Vic, was I was down in Mississippi on my way down to Tupelo, Mississippi. I haul a refrigerated van, and so I had a load of meat that I was hauling down to Tupelo to a meat plant, a packing plant down there. And I heard some drivers on the radio talking about how they had listened to this thing on the Internet about these dogmen out in Taylor, Mississippi, that were just absolutely terrifying. And I didn't chime into the conversation. And so they were talking about it and some of the stories that were coming out of that area about these eight-foot creatures that were stalking the road and going out there and grabbing people and people were disappearing and animals were disappearing. And so I was kind of curious and that's what led me to your other show. And so that happened and I started, I wouldn't say I started seeking other drivers, but when I would spend some time sitting in a driver's lounge or got talking with somebody on the radio, I'd ask them if they'd seen anything out here that kind of scared them. And so that kind of just sparked the whole conversation set behind everything. One of the most memorable stories for me is one that I was talking to a cattle hauler about out by Yellowstone. We were coming down US-20 in Idaho. It's out by, uh, I think it's Ashton, Idaho. And he was tailgating me pretty good, and I, I got on the radio. I told him, I said, you know, man, if uh, Bigfoot come right out of these woods and I got a smack in my brakes, you're going to plow into the back of my trailer. There's a way for me to tell him he needs to get off my rear. I wasn't trying to be rude about it. I was trying to be respectful. And he chuckled a little bit. You could hear the nervousness in his voice. And he said to me, you know, that has a lot more pertinence to it than you would believe. And we started talking. And he told me about how he was coming through that area right there on US-20. And it was late at night. And he had come down this little bit of a hill. And there was elk crossing the road, which is not uncommon at all. But he doesn't go into the woods anymore after this. But he was a active hunter. And if you've ever spent any amount of time hunting and things like that, you can kind of read body language of animals and things like that. And like he said, he come down this hill and stopped between 30 and 50 yards from where these animals were crossing, and he could see that their anxiety was through the roof, and they were almost in a frantic type of run across the road. And... As he's sitting there waiting for these animals to cross, another truck come up from the other direction. So they had lights shining at the elk crossing the road. And I assume a couple minutes, he didn't really specify, but a little bit of time passes as they're crossing. And then the last few stragglers run across the road. And just as he was reaching over to put it in the gear, he described a very, very large primate-looking animal who was bipedal, came out on two legs, run out in front of him, and stopped in the middle of the road. I'm not sure how high we sit 
he was driving a 379 Pete like I have, and I have to assume we, we sit probably at eight feet, eight and a half feet in the air, and he said that that animal ran right out in front of him, stopped, turned towards him, and was looking at him, and when he was sitting in his seat, he was at eye level with that animal, and he said he could see how heavy it was breathing and his chest was moving in and out. It had been running, chasing these elk. It looked at him, and boom, just like what I described. He said it took off up this hill, and he could only see it for a moment because it was dark out, but he said what he did see, it was very astounding how powerful this animal was flying up this hill chasing after the elk and he got on the radio and asked that other driver if he had just saw that there was no reply and so he started to roll forward and that other driver was sitting in the driver's seat and had the window down with his a cigarette in his hand and the cigarette still burning just holding on to the steering wheel looking straight and he hollered again on the radio sitting there and he goes are you all right and the guy reaches over grabs the radio goes yeah I don't know what I just saw, but either way, I need a minute. And so they sat there for a few seconds, and then he kind of cleared his head and mowed it down the road. So when, after he had told me this story, he said, I'm not going to get too far away from you because if I fall out of radio range and I break down, I want you to hear me and come get me because you're not going to leave me out here in these woods. <laughs> That's the last place I want to be left. <laughs> I don't blame him. Uh, I don't either. I don't either. Especially if you've never been out to that area on US 20 in uh, Idaho, there is some homes out there. There's some communities. Uh, obviously, the farther south, the farther you get away from Yellowstone, the more populated it starts to become. But where he was talking at and where we had gone through, it was very, very thick woods. I've been up there a thousand times. Even if I had never had seen Sasquatch or never believed or anything like that, I definitely would not want to be stuck up there, broke down on the side of the road. You know, they've got wolves up there and and everything else. So um, I definitely see his point. But for him, you could hear a lot of anxiety. He was really worked up just from telling me the story. I'd like to believe that I'm pretty good at reading people, and so I saw that, and I really didn't want to pry into it too much. I didn't want to make him too uncomfortable. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. 
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The only other story that's really worth sharing is I had a old timer who uh, I met through my dad. Uh, this gentleman is probably now, if he's still alive, he's probably in his 80s. and. He uh, had talked about running into what he thought was a Sasquatch up in the Pacific Northwest. And what had happened there is he was running down Interstate 90 headed towards Seattle, Washington. And he said that he was in between Ellensburg and Seattle. And uh, that's where you get into the real thick mountains. And I want to say this was back in the 80s. It's been a long time since he's told me this story, but uh, I want to say it was back in the early 80s, late 70s when this encounter happened. And I guess there used to be a pull-off you could pull off to on the side of the road and get some sleep or whatever the case may be. And he had pulled off one night. He was super tired and needed to get some rest. He didn't want to drive into Seattle and then be forced to try and find a place to park. And so he decided to call it quits early. And he was lying there in bed, and he said he heard, he described a noise a lot like the noise that I heard that night at the house, you know, just a, a one of the loudest noises he's ever heard come out of an animal. And he said it was in the mix between a grizzly bear and a bobcat. That's what he said. And I told him when he told me this, you know, I could not think of two different, completely different animals <laughs> to, to describe a, a sound. But he said it was it was like a, a real throaty growl with a scream in there as well. And he, he said he just heard this blood-curdling noise. And it was right outside of his truck. And like me, he said he was absolutely terrified. He couldn't move. And he said that he had a firearm in the truck. And uh, he was too terrified to move to go reach it. Because like he said, whatever was on the other side of that sleeper, if they wanted to, they could have just punched right through that sleeper and pulled the whole wall off of it from the sounds of it. So he didn't want to uh, get that animal worked up. And he laid there and laid there and laid there. And for him, he was hauling chicken out to Seattle. He said it wasn't fully frozen. And the temperature was like 
29, 30 degrees. So it's right at that freezing limit where they keep it when they, I guess you could say, when you use like for Tyson's, when you buy like the breaded chicken and stuff like that, they don't want it fully deep frozen because they still have to bread it and cut it down and everything else like that. So it's only a partial frozen. And he said he felt it in his trailer. He felt things moving around. And uh, he said he was not brave enough to get up and go look. And even now, 30 years later, uh, he said there's not a lot of traffic that goes down there in the wee hours of the night. And he didn't have a cell phone. I don't even know if they had bag phones out back then, to be honest with you. But like he said, he was too terrified to move. And he laid there all night feeling this thing in the back of that trailer going through boxes. And when he woke up in the morning, there was, oh, about half a dozen boxes that had raw chicken everywhere. Most of it was gone. The one door was open. And uh, he said there was slimy, you know how when chicken is raw, it's, it's got that sliminess to it. He said there was slimy handprints and fingerprints all over the inside of that trailer. And he said what the most frustrating part of it was, he was more upset about the load than anything else. Uh, he said, you know, those old reefer units back in the day, they worked really hard to keep things cool. And he said, I was too terrified to go out there and close the doors if it had opened it. And now i got to go into Seattle and explain why I'm half a dozen cases short of raw chicken. And it looks like somebody's been massacred in the back of my trailer. <laughs> he said that he did see uh, footprints and soft dirt, but he was by no means a woods type of guy. He said they were big, and whatever it was, he did not want to get between it and that trailer, and he had no intentions of doing that. And the last time I talked to him, Gary told me that... Uh, he won't even take loads out to Seattle. He said, I'm not dumb enough to, to get up in that neck of the woods because whether it's a big bear or whether there's a Sasquatch or a Yeti or something up there, he goes, I don't know what it is. He said, you know, who knows? Maybe there's just some really homely people up in Washington, but I'm not going back up there, and I have no desire to go back up there. Depending on what you're hauling and how valuable or how sensitive of a product you're hauling they'll put a, either a seal on your trailer and you know those can be everything from just plastic seals to small metal seals to what they call bolt seals and like gary told me is that uh, he had a plastic seal on there but something from the days when he used to haul furniture he always had a padlock on there so he had a padlock on that back of that trailer and when that animal got into that trailer, it did not break the padlock. What it ended up doing was breaking the uh, aluminum handle of where the padlock goes through the lash, and it broke it before that, which is only about, I want to say, a couple inches. So what I assume was is it was able to get a couple of fingers in there, and when it yanked it, it yanked off that whole locking assembly and everything else to get into that trailer. And my best guess of it is is that because it was only a partly frozen load, this sounds really gross when I say this, but a lot of times those, either whether it's a cases or totes, he had it in cases, but a lot of times them forklifts and things like that can drag in chicken slime and 
nastiness into your trailer when they're um, loading it in there. And we have drains in the bottom of the trailers. And so um, I assume what had happened is the animal was in the area and the wind was blowing right and there was still raw chicken in the bottom of that trailer. And whether it was leaking out the drain or it could just smell it, it smelled it, it was food. And he decided that he was going to get in the back of that trailer because he was hungry. And I bet you uh, those handles on them trailers are probably, oh, I don't know, half an inch, three quarters of an inch thick. And they're solid aluminum. So for a creature to be able to break that and pull the whole locking assembly off the side of a trailer, you know, that right there, I don't know if I could do that with an eight-foot pry bar, to be honest with you. So that shows you the type of power behind one of those animals. It would take a lot of power to do that. And you might be onto something about the drains in the floor letting that smell permeate out and getting that Sasquatch's attention. If you're a Sasquatch, I'm sure that would really ring the dinner bell. Well, I can tell you this much. The last time I was down in Mississippi, I had picked up some chicken out of Nebraska. They were totes of chicken. They call them same-day kill. It's pretty self-explanatory what I mean by same-day kill chicken. They load them into these big open totes, and uh, I think they put, I want to say six, six or seven totes into a trailer, and it's super raw, like it's still warm type of raw when they load it in there. And I had one of them totes slide forward. I had a car pull out in front of me, and I had to smash on my brakes. I want them totes slide forward and break open, and that tote leaked all over the place and made a horrible mess. And like I said, I was going down to Mississippi, and there was literally chicken slime running out the drains from my trailer. Uh, the only thing I can think of is, I think it was that night or the night before, was the first time I had ever watched any of your Dogman videos. And of course, it was the Dogman video of what was going on out in Taylor. And so I made sure that that was the one that I watched when I was on my way to Mississippi with slime, chicken, as I call them, I call them chicken nightmares, chicken nightmares leaking out the back of my trailer. And I'm thinking to myself, you know, there is such a thing as a dog, man. I put myself in probably the worst situation because I got 40,000 pounds of dog man bait in the back of my trailer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not a good situation to put yourself in. Stuff like that, you know. I don't mean to be gross, but the odors that can come out of these trailers, uh, if you have a halfway decent nose, you could probably smell them from a mile away. So I wouldn't be surprised at all if that's what got that animal's curiosity and got him over there. Oh, I bet it did. It only makes sense. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, 
according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Since we're telling truckers stories, there was a driver who I think was way out west, stopped on some lonely road not too long ago with his driver's side window down on his tractor. As he was sitting there, he saw a big Sasquatch come out on the road just in front of him, some distance ahead. As he was focused on that Sasquatch, he suddenly noticed a huge arm that was reaching in his window. He turned to look and saw what was a big Sasquatch, it was a female from what he said, that was reaching in his window at his beard. I guess it grabbed a hold of his beard and was just stroking it. I don't know what that was all about, but have you ever heard about that story until I just told you about it? I had never heard about it until now, and... I don't have a beard because I saw the whole beard trend taking off. And I was like, oh, with you guys, I'll grow sideburns and a goatee just to be a jerk. But now I feel like I need to go inside and shave because if that means that I'm attracting 8-foot, 10-foot Sasquatches coming in to the truck because they want to pet my goatee, I, I'm, I don't know if I'm necessarily comfortable with that. Man, I couldn't think of anything more terrifying, to be honest with you. And for me, I never used to do this until after my sighting but i whenever i park i lock the doors i roll up the windows if it's super hot i will eat the cost of fuel and leave my truck running and close the blinds because i've never had any encounters with a truck but with my peat if you've never been in a big rig it's kind of hard to explain they look big but inside they're not they're definitely not but for me when i lie down in my bed and I turn my head to the left. All I can see is my passenger window and uh, my passenger windshield. And I could not think of anything more terrifying. And, I, and it's at an angle that I'm looking up, too. So if I see something out that window, that means that is it's eight feet plus. And so for me, after my sighting, it always gave me the chills. So I, I definitely have my windows closed and my curtain closed because I don't need anything looking down in on me. That's... Uh, yeah, it, it, it it's kind of unsettling, and I used to uh, do a lot of parking on off-ramps and things like that. I don't like getting into truck stops because this is a whole other topic, but there's a lot of things that I don't necessarily agree with that goes on in truck stops. And so if I can get in a rest area or a off-ramp, I will normally do that before. But like I said, you know, for me, there's a little bit of anxiety, you know, when I get out there in the middle of the in the back country and I whip off into a, a wide spot or an off ramp, even a rest area, 
you know, with rest areas, especially out in the woods, you have a lot of trash and people throw away a lot of food and things like that. And you can never be sure what type of animal you're going to attract when there's food laying around. So I definitely don't go out of my way to put myself into a situation where I can get another encounter. Well, I can't say I blame you there, given your experiences. Along those same lines, for some time now, it's been mentioned amongst truckers that there's an area out in Nevada where werewolves, as they call them, they supposedly run up alongside of trucks that are heading down the road. I don't know if they just want to jump onto the trailers or just hit the sides of the trailers or what, but for some time now, there's been some talk about that. I don't think that we're talking about dogmen here. I think we're more likely talking about Sasquatch, but that's just my opinion. Have you heard any talk about that happening? Like I said, Vic, you know, I've heard a lot of stories, but we could be here all day talking about it. Um, My dad always told me the difference between a fairy tale and a truck driver's story is a fairy tale starts with once upon a time, and a truck driver's story starts with, you won't believe this. And so, like I said, you know, I kind of have to take everything with a grain of salt. I have heard about weird things coming out of Nevada, especially, I think it's, I want to say it's 95, US 95 or 93, where um, I've heard about stuff like that. Everything from, I heard the same thing, werewolves that run along the side of your trailer to this is in a whole nother realm of what we're talking about, but everything from... Uh, ghosts and settlers standing in the road and to uh i've heard some crazy ones about animals werewolves or bigfoots that will try to open up the hood and try to get in the doors rip off breathers off the side of trucks pull mirrors off i've heard that more than anything else to be honest is the mirror one a lot of times i don't say anything but i'll hear about it especially from some other buddies of mine who say you know i was up in spokane you know, out in the middle of nowhere, wherever delivering, and I uh, pulled off on a turn off for logging trucks, and I decided to spend the night there. And I woke up in the middle of the night hearing all this noise, and my passenger side mirror was gone, or both of my mirrors were gone. And I don't know if there's some type of relation there. I've never really looked into it, to be honest with you. I know that my dog, for example, gets quite the kick out of it with looking at herself in a mirror. So I don't know if those animals are the same type of way. You know, uh, I honestly believe they're more of a branch of humans or a branch of Neanderthals. So I, I do believe there is some type of intelligence there. But along with that is uh, curiosity. And so I'd have to imagine that, especially if you got a female or a more passive animal who was more curious than anything else, was trying to look into a truck and saw their own reflection in the mirror, how they could be tempted to, I mean, it wouldn't be hard to pull a mirror off the side of a truck, especially if you're a six, seven, eight hundred pound animal. I mean, you just yank one off real quickly. So, like I said, I, I certainly hear a, a lot of weird stories that come out of, a lot of it seems like it comes out of like the 11 Western and the Pacific Northwest. I think my favorite one is, a guy I used to run with quite a bit and had always talk about how he won't go outside at nighttime to relieve himself, go to the bathroom because of what happened to him. He said that he had gotten up in the middle of the night and he had to take a leak 
And so he went and walked in between his truck and his trailer to take a leak. And he uh, opens up his zipper, and he's standing there taking a leak. And he hears something breathe, and he looks up. And apparently, as he phrased it, he says, either the ugliest woman he's ever met in his life or a, a juvenile Sasquatch standing in between the back of his sleeper and the front of his trailer standing down there looking at him. And he said the weirdest part of it was is she made eye contact with him, and then she looked right down at his Johnson while he's taking a leak, and he said, I didn't know whether or not to be terrified or honored, especially coming from an animal like that. But uh, he said that he screamed, and while he was still urinating, he, he turned around and ran, jumped right back into his truck, started up and took off going down the road. And he said, I don't know if she jumped off the deck of that truck. He said, I don't know if she jumped off or she hung on for the ride. But like he said, either way, I was definitely not going to stay around and see if she was on the back of that trailer in the morning. So like I said, especially out here on the road when you get guys who are bored and have a lot of time on their hands, you kind of got to take everything with a grain of salt. You definitely have to take things like that with a grain of salt, but I can only imagine the source of entertainment a mirror would pose for a Sasquatch. In most cases, they probably have never seen their own reflection, so yeah, why not snatch something like that off and take it deep into the woods and play with it? Well, I completely agree with you, and I'm the same way because even as like a young child, I remember finding fascination of my own reflection. And it's always human, at least it seems like to me, it's always human nature you know, you want to see what you look like in the morning. And so I have to imagine, I'm sure that there's studies out there with primates and things like that and uh, human development talking with seeing your own reflections and things like that. But uh, that's my thought out of it is, is it someone's natural instinct to at least be curious what they look like. So, yeah, I definitely attribute to it. And uh, I've never had any mirrors myself taken, but... If I do, that's uh, where I'm going to point my finger to, especially if they're ripped off the side of the truck. When you think about how they live, it only makes sense that they would be that fascinated where they would try to take something like that. Once upon a time, Paul, you went to the Salt Lake City Zoo to compare great apes there to the Sasquatch you saw in 2015. How did they compare? Well, it was quite the trip, to be honest with you. I'm, uh, my gal Amanda and the kids... They had been up my case to take them down there. And I, for me, I live about, oh, depending on traffic, an hour and a half to two hours from Salt Lake. So it's, uh, especially in the spring, you know, like I said, when we've got produce running, it's really hard for me to take off a lot of time. I normally take a lot of my time off after Christmas and uh, in between Christmas and spring. So I really didn't want to spend any more time at home than I needed to, but they were up my case, and then I had that sighting. So I made a point the next time I was home that we would go down there. And uh, my gal, she was kind of almost suspicious. She said, I've been fighting with you over this three months, four months to take us down to the zoo because I want you to go with the boys. And now all of a sudden, you're beating us to the car and uh, hurrying us along. And so... We went down there and we made a day out of it. And to be honest with you, I haven't even told the kids about my experience because they're still young kids. And my love of the woods has transferred to them. And they're at a, a, a very sensitive age. That's a good way to put it. And I don't want to scare them. 
we've talked about Sasquatch and some things that might be out in the woods, but I haven't told them about my encounter because, like I said, I really don't want to ruin their perception of, of the forest. And so we went down there, and in a lot of ways, I was disappointed because when I was looking at the uh, primates that they had on exhibit, I really didn't see anything that made me think, well, that's a direct correlation with what I saw. The only thing that really made me see a similarity was the gorillas. I think they're, I want to say they're West African gorillas. I could be mistaken on that, but they were gorillas. And they had a lot of the same features in the sense of the upper body build, the muscle structure, but they didn't have the posture of what I saw. They didn't have, in my opinion, the muscle build in their legs and uh, in their lower body. And, you know, there was a lot of things that was different. They didn't have the same head shape. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. But like I said, the biggest thing of it for me was the posture and how they walked and things like that. And because my encounter with the one that I saw, he seemed to be more comfortable in a bipedal sense, walking and not using all fours, where those gorillas seemed like they were the opposite way. They They could be bipedal but they were more prone to be in a squatting type of position or to be using all fours. And I didn't see anything that said to me, this is a type of primate or or this is a gorilla or an ape or a monkey type of animal because, and I don't know if this has to attribute to them being caged, but I didn't see anything that had the demeanor my first instinct was to go towards like chimpanzees because if I'm not mistaken, chimpanzees are our closest relatives. And for me, always believing that before my encounter of Sasquatch is real, I think that he's a, a type of branch of Neanderthal where they split somewhere in there. You know, well, obviously he's going to be closer to a, like a, a chimp for that type of animal. And I was sadly mistaken. You know, I walked up that enclosure and spent 15 seconds looking at him and was like, nope, I'm going to move on to the next one because those chimps were inside of their enclosure and they're bouncing off the walls and making all sorts of noises and being crazy. And I don't know if that has to do with their being in captivity. And none of them had the, even the type of build, even if 
there was a more of a relation of Sasquatch to chimp than Sasquatch to human. There's nothing that compared build structure-wise and size-wise. That was the first time I had ever seen a chimp, and for some reason I thought that they were going to be substantially bigger than what they were. But like I said, for me, the, the only thing that really made me curious was when I saw the gorilla. And still to this day, I think th- there is some type of relation between gorilla and Sasquatch, but I think that, I don't know if there's different type of, not species of Sasquatch, but uh, I don't know if there's different types of animals. I, I really don't know, to be honest with you. And so I don't know if some are more prone to be more of a Neanderthalish type passive animal or some have more genealogy to be a gorilla and more aggressive and more primate-like. I, I'm not sure, but the one that I saw in Idaho off the 15 quarter out by where I live, there was a definite relationship between him and a gorilla, but like I said, I think there was more human in him than there was that specific type of primate. When you were standing there checking out the gorillas, how did the torso proportions of the Sasquatch you saw compare to their torsos in thickness and width? Oh, not even close. They shared some characteristics, but I said the build and whatnot were very similar as in in proportion to that animal size. What I mean by that is the gorillas that I saw were nowhere near the size of the Sasquatch that I saw. But in all relativity, I mean, if there was such a thing as a seven, eight foot tall West African gorilla, they would share a lot of the same build characteristics. They did have different hands and feet. I remember the forearms of the Sasquatch being a lot bulkier than the ones in Salt Lake that I saw. In proportion size to, you know, arm length, the gorillas and the Sasquatch share that in common with a longer proportion arm than what a human has. But it's kind of hard to compare the two when they're two drastically different sizes. But like I said, there was a lot that they shared in common. I would have to say that if we could downscale a Sasquatch, a full-grown Sasquatch, to the size of a uh, gorilla, I think that a Squatch would be bulkier and bigger and more um, toned, more mass behind him. He would be wider. I think he would definitely be taller. And like I said, he would be in a more of a bipedal sense than the back and forth of semi-bipedal versus on all fours. The one big difference, other than being bipedal, was their head. The gorillas had more of a, uh, I don't know if conical is the type of word I want to say. They had more of a pointed type of head where the animal I saw had a very large head, but was more shaped like ours. In comparison to ours, it would be wider, so they would have had a wider face than what we do, but uh, it wasn't anything shaped like the gorillas that I saw. That had to be something, standing there looking at the gorillas in the exhibit and thinking about what you saw that day out in the woods. Yeah, it uh, kind of made me almost a little bit anxious, to be honest with you. 
But for some reason, I don't know why I, I would have thought this, but for some reason I felt like I was going to get more answers than what I did when I was there. Um, uh, it seemed like when I went to the zoo, I got more questions than anything else. What I mean by that is the DNA behind these animals, the Sasquatches are, you know, what their exact bloodline is, their genealogy were. Are they a branch of Neanderthals? Are they a type of ape? Like I said, it, it, it opened a lot more questions that almost in a way made me more frustrated than anything else. And even to this day, like I said in the interview, I wasn't going to go up into the draw where he was at just as a matter of respect that was the spot whether they had a den up there or you know he was bedding down almost in a way I, I kind of regret not going out there and looking for hair or something like that but on the same sense like I said I wasn't going to go and bother him go out of my way to provoke him and so um yeah I mean like I said it's it's something that for me is almost always on the back of my mind, I think about regularly, well, you know, questions like, is there different types of Sasquatches? You know, is there almost like how uh, humans are with race? You know, is there different races of Sasquatches? And I don't know if that's the correct way to phrase that, but like I said, in a lot of ways, it was frustrating and left more questions than it did answers. Well, that's how it normally goes. The more you find out about them, the more you realize you just don't know. So, what else is new? Well, Paul, thank you so much for coming back on and doing this show with us. You know I appreciate it. Uh, I uh, greatly appreciate that, Vic. And I appreciate your viewers. And I was able to read through most of the comments. And I'll continue to do that. And definitely, if I have any other encounters or if I hear any stories that are uh, worth sharing, I'll either get the driver or whoever it is in contact with you and make sure we get it out there so everyone else can hear it. Well, you know, I appreciate it. Yeah, please do keep me in the loop. Well, thanks again so much for your time. Have a great night. You too. Thanks. Bye. Bye. That's it for another episode of Bigfoot Eyewitness Radio with Vic Cundiff. If you've had a Sasquatch encounter and would like to be a guest on the show, please go to BigfootEyewitness.com and submit a report. We'd love to hear from you. Thanks for listening. Have a great night.